Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Here we are back again, Street Talk Theology, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi with my co-host, uh, Pastor Michael Teddy, uh, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Um, we are continuing, well, our last segment, we kind of wrapped up on covenants, and then you brought something up, Pastor Michael, that kind of uh, picked my interest a little bit about uh, imputation. And um, we see that, uh, I think in Romans 5, you see the Adam's sin and then obviously Christ. And, and imputation today has been something that um, I, I wanted to just kick off on for a second or two, is that a lot of people today are saying there's no imputation. Um, you know, we're not imputated with Adam's sin. And, and, and my question is, if you're not imputated with Adam's sin, then why would you need to be imputated with Christ's righteousness, right? So there right. is that... Expound on that. I think that's something that's kind of in the mainstream right now. Uh, people do not believe in um, imputation. And I know there's something yeah. that scholars call double imputation. So maybe you can look at uh, some of those aspects if, if, if you want to. Right. I uh, Yeah, I think this is one of those examples where um, the church is influenced more by a culture rather than the culture being influenced by the church yeah, where you've, you, you know, you've, you've got, uh, you know, we're living in a time when people tell you to look at your uh, inherent good, to look at people and say, you know, there's some good inside them. They're all, uh, you know, at the bo- you know, bottom line, all men, all women, uh, you know, heart of hearts, they're all good people, but they made bad choices. Um, but that's not what the Bible teaches us. Um, in fact, if that's what the Bible teaches us, then the Bible should say what the world says, look inside of you to find the answer, right? Push out the world and just look inside of you, go inside of yourself and find your true self. But that's the message of the world. Whereas the message of scripture is that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. The message of scripture is that we are all sinners uh, born sinners, still sinners. In fact, the Bible says, uh, like we we're quoting in Romans 5, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. In fact, you know, uh, the book of Romans is, is the place to go, you know, because throughout the book of Romans, we hear that, that language, you know, um, talking about sin, talking about the wages of sin and, um, the whole point, right? In, even in Romans 3, we read uh, the whole remark, the whole uh, passage where Paul says, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands God. No one seeks for God. And that's Romans 3.11. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. Not one does good. Not even one. So the language of scripture very clearly is not that uh, bottom line, heart of hearts, we're all good people. The message of scripture is bottom line, heart of hearts, we're all worthless people. We're sinners. 
God hating is the language that Paul uses in Romans 8. And because of that, hatred in our hearts, out of the abundance of our hearts, the mouth speaks, the body acts, everything that we do. And uh, therefore, we're not people who are good, you know, in the, in the bottom that does that, that just made some bad choices. We are bad people at heart that make bad choices because our hearts are inclined towards evil. In fact, I think it's in uh, Romans 8 where Paul uh, talks about the fact that the mind that is set on the flesh uh, leads to death, right? It's the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God. And in fact, the language is indeed it cannot, it is not able to please God. It is not able to honor God because that mind is hostile by nature in its own capacity. By nature, it is hostile towards God. So then how did we become such a bad people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, where did that come from? All in Adam so, die. Right. All in Adam die. And that's what Paul tells us in Romans 5, where that's the reason that we are, we're so bad. You know, the reason we want to be good or in the sense we talk about this, some uh, sense of moral goodness is because we were all created in the image of God. God, in, in our fallen nature, in our fallen point, state of sin, God still allows us at some capacity to recognize that we're actually, there's, there is actually a, a moral good. Right, and that's why in, in the beginning of Romans one itself, Paul says everyone, see, no one has an excuse of not believing in God because not believing in God is what someone is 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 the result of what happens when someone suppresses the knowledge of truth intentionally in their hearts, and so that's what sin does, right? So sin does not want to confront the truth that indeed in Adam all die. Why? Because we as children of Adam have Adam's sin imputed to us. Now, if that didn't happen, there was no reason for Jesus to be virgin born. Why was the virgin birth of Jesus such a big deal? Well, it was such a big deal because none of Adam's sin was imputed on him. But it is imputed on all of us. But Christ was born of the Holy Spirit. And that's the nature of, of the human uh, flesh, which uh, Calvinists like to call total depravity. Mm. Uh, it's not utter depravity. It's total depravity, which is talking about the fact that in there's no sense. It's total. The corruption in our hearts, in our flesh, has corrupted our total self in such a way there's no part of us that is able to please God. We're not utterly depraved in the sense that we can do no good thing because we know sinners who do good things. Why? Because that sense of a moral good is still there somewhere because we were created in the image of God. And uh, that when, when the justice of God is, when the righteousness of God, when the light of God shines, those in darkness either run to the light or they hide deeper into the darkness. Yes. But all know there is a light. And all know there is a darkness. And uh, what Jesus does through the, his work on the cross is to take the 
curse or the punishment or the judgment of that imputed condemnation upon himself. Why did Jesus have to die for us if we had no sin imputed to us? Well, Jesus had to die because when Adam broke that covenant with God, the wages of that sin was death. The penalty of that covenant breaking was death. And Jesus took what we all deserve by taking what Adam deserved and what we deserved upon himself. And so in doing that, he's taken what whatever that imputation was given to us, what we deserve, he's taken it upon himself. But there's a thing here. If that's all Jesus did, we're still lost because we would... Just because he took the penalty of our sin does not free us because we're still bound to sin. Amen. Good so he, point. He, Good point. Yeah, he takes all of our sin. We're still bound to sin. We, we're still not saved because we, we still don't have a covenant of grace. And we have that because what Jesus does is in taking from us our uh, worthlessness, our the, the, the condemnation upon us, when he takes that upon himself, he exchanges that and gives us something else. And that's and what the, I'm sorry, Pastor Mike. Yeah. That's what the old reformers call the great exchange, right? The great exchange. Yeah. The beautiful exchange. The great exchange where Jesus takes our sin, our filthy garments, but gives to us his perfect spotless righteousness. And so when we believe in Jesus, we have to us imputed a foreign righteousness. So a believer is not saved and he's not holy and he's not righteous because of his works. Amen. He is holy and righteous and saved because that has been given to him from an alien source. It's come from outside of himself. And so the, the reason Christians live in such hope is because our hope is imputed on us. And because it's imputed on us, we can't lose it. I like how RC used to say it. He said, uh, I think it's RC who said it. If, if, if God elected you, uh, you can't unelect yourself. I don't know if it's Tim Keller or RC, I forget. If God has elected you, you cannot unelect yourself. Because the idea is if you gained this by some uh, virtue within yourself, then then it's not standing. It doesn't stand the test of time. But what we have is uh, Jesus' perfect righteousness once for all uh, given to us, those who believe in him. Yeah, I think that was R.C. Sproul that, that, that said yeah. that. Um, yeah, talk about Tim Keller. He's in the news a little bit lately with some... Um, we should do a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, he's been he's, by everything we got a podcast. Yeah, he's been he's been having some issues, but um, we, we want to keep him in prayer. Um, I again, it's just uh, I don't know. It's uh, hard stuff. Um, so um, <clears throat> covenant theology, we kind of covered that. We covered imputation. I'm looking on my list here, um, and it I I want to. So we only have, uh, let me see, we're at 60. We only have about 14 minutes. So I'm looking at my list and 
looking at some topics that uh, we wanted to speak about. Here's one that may not take that long um, because I think that the two here about how can a young man glorify the Lord um, and youthfulness and godliness, that's a pretty huge topic, something we may cover next time, uh, Pastor Michael. Um, And then the mist of suffering, that's another, that's kind of a, you know, just thinking about Job and stuff, that's a deep subject. Um, So maybe the other one can be something we can speak about and maybe... 10 or 12 minutes is um, what kind of worship songs do we sing at church that edify the Lord and don't edify ourselves? Because, you know, you have a lot of some hymns, some contemporary music that looks more on, you know, um, who you are uh, better than who is, in other words, who you are when they should be looking at who Christ is. Um, So maybe you can... You can, um, what's some of the songs that we can sing to give glory to God and not give glory to ourselves? We give enough glory to ourselves as it is, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, it, it is it is something that um, every church battles with, every church that's trying to be healthy battles with. Uh, it's an excellent topic. Um, but I think off the bat, I, I would like to say that Christians disagree on the subject quite a bit. Genuine believers, brothers again in the faith, the way the place where they land would be very different. Um, and church, church would be very different. I know a lot of my um, brothers in Christ uh, would only sing psalms, they wouldn't sing any contemporary music and they wouldn't sing, you know, any of that. They would stick to only singing, singing psalms because they believe that that's more appropriate and that's more theologically sound. Whereas I know even more, even further, going further, I know some brothers who would only sing psalms, not not even hymns, but the psalms of scripture, right? So they would only sing the psalms and they won't sing any of the contemporary music. And on the other end of it, I know a lot of brothers who would be okay with singing anything. You know, I mean, anything in the sense, the whole breadth of it, any any form of music and things like that. Um, so, so I can maybe talk about what what we do as a church. You know, yeah, and that would, um, that would be good. Right. So, uh, one of the things that we see when we look at music in um, scripture, music is never uh, meant to be bad. And music is never meant to be toned down. In scripture, you always find music flourishing with skill. So, for example, when uh, the evil spirit comes to uh, Saul, uh, it says David played skillfully the harp, right? He, He masterfully played the harp and the evil spirit would leave him. Or when we read in the Old Testament how the Israelites played the music, they they were not trying to play less. They were trying to play as best as they could for the glory of God's name. So, um, so we come at music with a positive take on things rather than a negative take on things. We're not talking about what can we reduce. We're talking about what can we do. That's at least the position that we take as we go into it. Um, and some of the things that we do is to ensure that we make, you know, 
we make sure that the lyrics are theologically sound. And we make sure the lyrics are theologically sound well enough for people to understand and know what is being sung so, they, so that they get more of the gospel. So we have actually a mix of songs that we do play at, at our church uh, where we do take contemporary music, um, sound, theological, contemporary music, and we, and, and we do perform them. And we do take a lot of hymns uh, and we do sing them as well. Um, and, uh, but I think the main thing that we do look for is uh, the content of the song and uh, also the, um, the quality with which we are able to sing and put it out and things like that. Um, so we're very open on that, on that side of things. Um, so interestingly, uh, we have a few. So, for example, some of the songs we sing may not be songs made by, let's just say, sound theological circles uh, or by groups that you know, that we would say, you know, belong to a little bit of the hyper charismatic camp and things like that. So I remember once we sang this song by Hillsong at our church and uh, we had brothers come and ask us, why would you sing Hillsong? You know, why would you sing Hillsong when, when you know, you, you ought not to sing it? And uh, we took the stand that it's really a wisdom call because we believe that there are churches where taking Hillsong may not be appropriate. It might confuse the people, but in our particular context, it didn't seem to appear that way because, you know, people here listen to all sorts of songs, but the bottom theological standard that we did take on songs was this. We said that, uh, I like saying this, uh, if there was ever a copyright issue, uh, David would be a billionaire because Everybody steals from David. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, everybody steals from David. Uh, so when a group like Hillsong or when any other group that, uh, you know, a lot of reform people wouldn't want to associate with themselves make songs, as long as the songs are theologically sound, they are not the heritage of that camp. They are the heritage of the children of God. So when someone makes a song that's theologically sound because he picks it out of the Bible and he puts a tune to it and he sings it, that's not his heritage. That does not belong to him because a gospel song that glorifies God belongs as a heritage to the people of God. So when we sing a song that's theologically sound, that's made by maybe a camp like Hillsong, our, our response to that is to say that we're redeeming it. We're redeeming it for the glory of God. We're singing it for the glory of God. And there are places where we probably may not sing it, but there are places where we probably might sing it. But we won't what we, we won't bring it down to the to a very hard principle of saying we won't sing their song. So we won't sing their songs or these songs or that songs. Because we believe that uh, we have the freedom to sing and worship and rejoice in the Lord. And, um, you know, bottom line is I, uh, I know a lot of brothers, a lot of good Christians um, whom I disagree with in many of those camps as well. Right. And um, I don't see the, the need to 
to differentiate and i know do know brothers who would disagree with this on this but at least that's the that's the position we've taken so our primary aim in 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 the kind of worship songs we choose is significantly on lyrics what it, the content says and the ability for those songs to be sung within the congregation i mean we, we won't take rap songs we won't take rock songs we won't uh, do things like that because we're not able to worship necessarily with those songs but we believe those songs have an appropriate place and in its place and time can be used but not typically on a sunday morning uh, church gathering worship service Hey, Pastor Michael, just a question. Do you guys do um, you, your services all in English? Yeah. So you have no interpreter with your your uh, native language and st- uh, stuff like that? Uh, no, not not at our church. We have uh, almost all the people who come to our church are English speaking. We are in a part of the uh, country where almost everybody knows English. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, we have about we have about uh, four minutes left, and what I do want to say it's been it's been an honor to have you back, man. I I miss you. <laughs> I had to do a had to do a couple of shows uh, uh, by myself, which I don't mind doing. I have a friend of mine, a brother in Christ, that just wrote a book uh, on a on a Christian western. He he writes like uh, uh, Christian novels, but they're f- from a Western point of view. So Same. while you're going back and uh, taking uh, care of baby Ethan, I think I'm gonna have brother Rick on, and he's gonna talk about his uh, new uh, Western novel. Um, so wonderful. <laughs> so you, uh, I need you to hear that because uh, Rick is an interesting guy. His name is Rick Danielson. So I'm gonna give him a call maybe next week. I'll. Well, you're there taking care of that beautiful son of yours and reading him scripture. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll have Rick on, and and then you'll let me know when you come back next week. Uh, I'm sure, right? Well, when are yes, you go, you're going to preach? You're preaching on Sunday. Yeah, I am. I am preaching on. I'm preaching the next few Sundays. Yeah. So you'll preach on Sunday. Go back, and then you'll come. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I would go. I would go Sunday evening after. You know, after the service and after uh, lunch with uh, the church, I'd probably travel and then I'd come back on Saturday in time for the next church service. Okay, and so maybe maybe we can hook up maybe next week. You no, I'll on? I'll make time. I I will be available all Fridays for you. Okay, praise the Lord. And for us, <laughs> right? For don't, us, don't yes. You guys, don't you guys <laughs> love hearing Pastor Michael Teddy? Um, anyway. We're gonna close out this 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 session. Um, it's an honor to have him back. Felt kind of lonely without him, but uh, you know, you know, us Italians, we're never lost for words. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I tried to hold up the ship, and and I will do that. And um, as soon as uh, baby Ethan's old enough, we'll get him. We'll get him on the air. We'll get him gurgling yeah. <laughs> a little bit, and uh, so the yeah. people can hear him. But he's a gorgeous baby. Um, so we and how's your wife doing, Michael? Just quick before we close out. Yeah, she's she's doing good. She's doing much better. Um, she's regained uh, almost all her strength back, and uh, she's eager to um, you know she's eager to raise this baby. Ethan, so, he, he's a good eater. He's a good eater. He's a good eater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is Pastor Dominic Romali with uh, Pastor Michael Teddy. 
uh, on Street Talk Theology. We take our theology and we bring it to the streets. So glad to have Pastor Michael back, and uh, we hope you enjoyed our theological discussion. Uh, and all of it, we hope and pray, always gives glory to God. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.